Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Karen Hall. Thanks for being on the show, Karen. Thank you, Whitney. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I appreciate your time. And Karen has a background in property management, real estate, mortgage loan services, and origination in addition to 12 plus years in the self-directed industry. She has helped tens of thousands of investors understand the power of self-directed investing and serves on the board of directors for the Retirement Industry Trust Association. Her company, UDirect IRA Services, has over half a billion dollars in client assets. That's that's a lot, Karin. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a I, lot. I had to get a bigger bank. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so or start your own bank. Tell the listeners a little more about who you are and who UDirect IRA Services so we can get a little background on you and dive into the self-directed stuff that is so important in our industry that we need to know about. Thanks. First off, I'm thrilled to be here. I founded the company in 2009 here in Orange County, California. But over the years, over the last 10 years, because we just had our 10-year anniversary, we have accounts in every single state in America. So we are national and that's awesome. So we have about over 5,000 account holders happily self-directing their IRAs. We can talk about due diligence for those that are not so happy, but you know, it's risk with investing, but it's, we've got thousands of account holders building their retirement, which is just so incredibly crucial. IRAs, self-directed IRAs are for retirement purposes only. That's why you use them to save money for later on. It's not to make money today. And that's a common misunderstanding. So either you're using your self-directed IRA to build your retirement, or what you're doing is you're using other people's money. So maybe you're tapping, if you're, especially if you're a syndicator, tapping into some of like $30 trillion in American retirement money. I mean, it's so much money in the American retirement pool. And only about three, 4% of this pool is tapped for what's called alternative assets, basically meaning not the stock market, not CDs or something like that. So alternative assets, a huge opportunity to raise capital from these self-directed IRAs. What's the best way to tap those millions? You know, I know so many people that are listening are wanting to raise capital, right? How do we do that? Give us a couple tips. Yeah, well, I think when you're talking to somebody who's an investor, you want to ask them, do you have an IRA or do you have a 401k with a previous company? Because if the answer is yes, they can invest in your deal and they probably don't even know it. And most people don't know this. And then you can enlighten them and say, yes, you know, your money doesn't have to be invested in mutual funds. Your IRA doesn't have to be in the stock market. Your IRA can be invested in my deal. And it's not withdrawing the money from your IRA. It's just buying a different asset. It's just a different widget in the bucket called an IRA or a solo 401k, you know, a, a self-directed account. That's, that's good to know. I mean, even to be able to say that it's not withdrawing the money from your IRA. Like I may know that, but I may not think to tell an investor that just so to kind of ease that burden or that fear right around, well, you know, there's going to be a penalty or there's going to be some, you know, I don't know if I want to take that money out. There's that fear that they may have, they may not even know to ask. You can't believe how prevalent that is. You're exactly right. So when you transfer money from an IRA or roll over an old 401k or, or old 403b, 457, an employer plan, when you're doing that, a custodian to custodian transfer isn't taxable. So when the money rolls over into the self-directed IRA, not a taxable event, 
And then also when the IRA invests and the money goes out of the IRA, you're not pulling the money out personally, so you're not going to get a 1099 for investing. And therefore, it's not going to be taxable. Super important. Big misconception. What about thrift savings plans? Yeah, TSP is sure. I mean, if you leave the service of your employer, yes, you can roll over a TSP. Absolutely. And use that as long as they're qualified funds, meaning they're tax protected, you know, ERISA funds from an employer plan, IRA funds, then yes, you can self-direct that money. Let's talk about that due diligence you were talking about a little bit for those other IRA holders. Walk us through some due diligence that we need to be aware of. I'm going to talk about the basics, but I think it's worth it even for the most seasoned investor because a lot of times we know everything, but we don't remember it all the time. You know, <laughs> we have big brains, but, but we can't remember everything all the time. I mean, first off, you have to do your due diligence. If you're investing in a syndication, you want to talk to other people who've invested with that syndicator. Obviously, you want to read the entire operating agreement. You want to read the sub docs. You want to understand what's going on so that you understand the principles, who's involved, what's their track record. Google them, comprehend everything you can. If you're investing in real estate, just straight up, you know, brick and mortar, Uh, Then you want to do your due diligence by maybe getting a preliminary title report, looking at the property itself, really taking a look at the conditions. Again, figuring out if you're working with somebody, Google them, find out about them. And But what was really important with real estate too is making sure that your IRA's interest gets actually recorded because you want to make sure that your IRA actually owns that asset after the money's been dispersed. So we can disperse the money, but when it's a self-directed IRA, you're double-checking to make sure that your IRA's interest actually got recorded. How do we check that? You check it with the county recorder's office. Sometimes you can just look it up online, especially you probably have an APN, assessor's parcel number, or something you can use to refer back to the property. And then I know that they don't always operate at lightning speed, but once, you know, you can always check and uh, check with the county recorder's office, make sure it got recorded. I know some investors that are listening are thinking, now, wait a minute, I live in New York and the sponsor that I'm investing with is in Wyoming or somewhere else. So, you know, where would they be checking for that? Well, online. I know that especially on the East Coast, a lot of times some of the county offices are actually in people's houses, you know, in some of the smaller areas. But I would go online. We're so lucky to be connected electronically. It's a lot different than it used to be. So that's what I'd say. Go online, make a phone call, pick up the phone, hey, and then get details. Because you're right, every county and how many counties are there in America? A lot. <laughs> so every county is a little bit different. So check with, the, you know, call the county and see how, how you should check. So make sure your interest gets recorded when we're investing with our IRA. So uh, anything else that when we're investing with our IRA that we need to be like thinking about when we're looking at a sponsor or deal? Yeah, quick little story. We had someone who was just like this close to losing her money. She uh, had gone to a seminar and she had lost a lot of money in the recession. So she was eager to build it back up for retirement. So she went to the seminar and they said, hey, well, why don't you make us a loan? You have $500,000 in your retirement account. Why don't you make us a $500,000 unsecured loan on real estate and we'll pay you 15%. Well, she wasn't a sophisticated investor and that sounded like a good idea to her. She was all ready to go. But then we took a look at it and said, this deal is not administratively feasible. We just didn't look very good because a couple of things, in this case, it was a syndication. So when you're dealing with a syndication, the people offering the opportunity have to be registered with the SEC in the state and that actual offering has to be registered with the SEC in the state. So check with the SEC before you do a syndication deal. Are they actually registered? Okay. Now, this investor didn't do that because if she had, she would have learned that the people she was about to give her half million dollar life savings to had been incarcerated by the SEC. He was in jail for two years for stealing money from people. 
So gosh, on Udirect's website, on the right-hand side, we have a list of different places you can check for things like that. The SEC, FINRA, NASA with an extra A, even AARP. All of these websites can help you check out these asset sponsors and weed out the, uh, you know, the, the bad actors. That's some great info there. A lot of people can talk the talk. It really make you feel like they're very trustworthy. And But if they've done no background checks, and like you said earlier, even just a simple Google search, a lot of times will tell you, even looking somebody up on Facebook can tell you a lot about somebody. Or you said, is the deal administratively feasible? And, uh, and looking the operators and the deal up, making sure they've been registered. What else as far as, you know, when we're looking to invest with our IRA? Part of the due diligence is when you look at a syndication in particular, is the syndicator, the asset sponsor, are they taking on debt? Because if that syndicator is taking on debt, it could lead to the IRA actually being taxed. I mean, you don't want to have tax in your IRA. That's why you're investing with an IRA. So it can be tax-free or tax-deferred, right? But there's a tax called UDFI, Unrelated Debt Financed Income Tax. And so I'm not a tax expert, but here's where you can find information on it. It's irs.gov publication 598. So again, irs.gov publication 598. We'll talk about this tax, but we have account holders that'll be investing in syndications. The asset sponsor, the syndicator is taking on debt as part of the deal. And then now here comes a K-1 rolling through. And at the bottom, it tells them that here's the tax that you owe. The IRA has to file a 990T and pay that tax. So that comes as a very large surprise to syndication investors when nobody told them up front. So when it's a self-directed investment, you're held to the responsibility of being the expert in investing. All of our companies were administrative. We're not fiduciary. We're not selling you assets at all. So you need to make sure you're the expert in it. And there you go. That's how that works. Any ways around paying that tax or should we not use our IRA to invest in, you know, to keep from paying that tax or what are people doing to minimize that tax? Yeah, you can't really minimize it. But I think what you want to do is you want to talk, if your IRA is investing in a syndication, you want to make sure you ask the asset sponsor, hey, are you taking on debt? What percentage is debt? Because maybe your profits are going to far outweigh the risk of any debt. So yeah, okay, I'll pay a little debt, pay a little tax, I mean that's fine because I'm going to get this big payoff and it's totally worth it. So you have to pencil out the deal in advance. But the only way to avoid this kind of tax is for your IRA to invest. When we're talking about syndications here is for the IRA to invest in a syndication that's not borrowing money, not taking on leverage at all. Well, and that's not going to be many. <laughs> yeah. Or here's another yeah. way. Okay. I came up with one more. Don't invest in a syndication as an equity partner, invest as a debt partner and lend your IRA money to the syndication. In that case, that tax won't apply. There is a way out. How often does that happen or have you seen that? Oh, we see it all the time, especially around tax time. What? What is this? What have I got? Or when K-1s you know, pop out and then uh, there are a lot of questions. What do I do? How does this work? And so the account holder has their CPA file in 990T and the IRA pays any tax that's due. So how long does the process take? If I have an IRA and it's been sitting over here and this is the first time I've heard of this and it's like, well, wait a minute, this is brand new, you know, and this is great information, but there's a deal that I want to invest in. How long does this take? It's a three-step process, essentially. The first step is to open an account. So once we get the documentation we need from you, like the application and there's a $50 setup fee and uh, we need a copy of your ID and so forth, we open it the same day. So boom, your IRA is open. That's great. Step two is funding that IRA. And so you can do that three ways. You can, you can contribute. So you write a check out of your checkbook and put it in your IRA. That's one. Two is doing an IRA to IRA transfer where the money is presently in an IRA. You fill out our transfer form. You sign it. Give it to us. We sign it. We send it to your current custodian like Fidelity or TD or whomever. 
and then they move your money over. That's two. And the third way to get money in your IRA is a rollover. So that's a previous employer plan. Like you said, TSP, maybe it's a 457, 403B, 401k, but the, a previous employer plan, then you can roll it over. So you open the account, call that previous employer. Hey, here's my new account number. I'd like to roll my money into this account. And they'll do that, but they'll take about two weeks. So opening is a day. Funding can be as long as two weeks. So plan for that. But while we're waiting for the money to come in, we can be looking at your investment documentation, getting it all queued up. So once the money hits, boom, you can invest and we can send the money out. You typically a 24 to 48 hour turnaround. Any trouble with working with the current custodian, you know, our previous custodian, like trying to get the funds transferred and stuff? Sometimes you do run into trouble. Sometimes they don't wish to relinquish the money. Oops, we lost the form. You didn't do it right. Or they discourage you from moving the money by putting you through the ringer. Sometimes you have to be determined to make it happen. But I think most custodians are are straight up and will help you. And I think self-directed IRAs are well-established in the public knowledge that these different custodians understand what it is and they're pretty much all willing to cooperate. But you will occasionally run into uh, one that's going to stonewall you. Are there any other questions that you hear from investors that maybe us as uh, deal sponsors that you could help us be aware of or prepared to be able to answer? It's all about risk usually. And they've got questions that they'll call me and they'll say, what is the return on a self-directed IRA? And it's like, no, you need to ask the asset sponsor. So I think people are extremely interested in the returns. They want to know when are they going to get paid back? It needs to really be laid out so clearly what the terms are for payback. So, hey, well, I just invested with you today, but wait a minute, it's a month now. I haven't received any money. Where's my money? It's like, no, because you're in this deal for a while. This is a fund. You're probably not going to see anything for maybe a year. I invested in a private placement and I kind of wrote it off because I hadn't heard anything in seven years. And all of a sudden here comes double my money back into the deal. So it was a long-term hold in an elder care facility. So you don't know, but you need to talk to the asset sponsor and find out. It was not a large amount of money. I would have been on the phone, but I just kind of wrote it off and there you go. So make sure that your investor is aware of the timeline for a return on investment. No communication in seven years? <laughs> no, it was just crickets, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting in itself. You, you got to be communicating. I hope everybody that's listening that's an operator is communicating with their investors. Yeah. If it was bigger, I probably would have been on the phone, but I had other fish to fry, you know? Yeah, right. What about when we're investing, say, as a passive investor? I, I mean, anything else that I need to know about, I don't know, the IRA process or even working with you specifically that we hadn't talked about? Well, I think when you're a self-directed IRA investor, you're not necessarily always passive. I mean, think about this because it's self-directed. Maybe your IRA has lent money as like a note investment. Maybe your IRA lent money. And it seems passive because you're not out there swinging the hammers. But still, you need to be active with your self-directed IRA account, logging in, making sure funds got posted, making sure, you know, taking a look at your account. Does it look right? You know, check on it. Do your due diligence with your own account. We also provide a monthly statement. So download your monthly statement, save it on your computer. Don't wait because we have someone right now who had a fuss in 2012 and now she's trying to prove that she paid off a note in 2000, that her note was paid off in 2012 and she never looked at her account. She never double checked or or anything. So it's not passive with the self-directed IRA. You got a little bit of work to do, not a lot, but just make sure your money's there and check it out. Elaborate on the relationship between you as the custodian and the operator. Say we're operating a deal. What does that look like communicating with you and, and when and how often? Sure. So you direct as an administrator. So when you are working with us, then we use a trust company. So there's different players in this game, right? So that's kind of setting the stage for how it works. How do you win a game? You got to know who's playing the game. The asset sponsor is the person offering the opportunity. 
you find the opportunity in a self-directed IRA situation. So it's self-directed. You found the opportunity. You bring it to us and you tell us, hey, I'd like my IRA to invest in this deal. You fill out a direction of investment form. We call it a DOI. You fill it out. You tell us, hey, please move my money. And then we administrate it. We work with you and make sure everything's correct. And then we get the money gets transferred out. And now your IRA is invested in that deal. And then it's up to you to look at the terms of whatever that deal was, if it was a note, if it was a syndication, whatever it was. And you need to be on top of it to make sure that the people that you gave money to are performing as agreed. As the custodian, are, are you communicating at all with the deal sponsor or, or the operators of the deal, the syndicator, or are you only communicating with the investor who's investing with you? You direct communicates with its account holders. We communicate with our account holders. I mean, if the asset sponsor calls us and they have a question, we can answer if we have a third-party authorization on file from the account holder saying, yes, it's okay to talk with them. But we would never give information to anybody other than our account holder about an account without permission. So that's how that works. We're not going to reach out and call them without permission. When distributions are made, you know, they are, and the distributions are made to you or to the, the investor? They are never made to the investor. <laughs> We had somebody make that mistake and they, they paid these investors personally and these people put the money in their account. Guess what that is? That's called a prohibited transaction. You know what that means? For a self-directed IRA, it means game over. You are out. All the money, if it gets called as a prohibited transaction by the IRS, then what happens is your IRA ceases to be an IRA. That money goes to you. You get 1099 for everything. So never as an asset sponsor ever give the money to your investor directly. If it's an IRA, always, <laughs> always make the checks payable or send the wires to the IRA account. Incredibly important because you do not want to be the asset sponsor that, that causes your investor that much hurt. And it's good for the investor to know that as well, right? Like yeah. do not cash that check if they do yeah. accidentally send you one. We had this one investor and he had a house in his IRA. And so the renters were paying him rent, right? Every month, he was just taking it and putting it in his pocket. And he told us he was doing this. And we said, no, you can't do that. He says, oh, no, it's okay. I, I claimed it when I filed my income taxes. Like, it's not personal money. Your IRA is a bubble and everything stays inside that little bubble. So never mix your personal money with IRA money. I was just thinking though about that investor, if they accidentally do get a check from the operator, they need to know that. So if they don't cash that check though, it's okay. Like if they just ripped it up, then they they can fix it, right? The investor should call the operator and say, hey, you know, you sent me this check. Thank you. But this needs to be made payable to my IRA. Here's how you make it payable. Here's the address. If it's a wire, here's where you should be sending it. But if it's a check, absolutely do not cash that check. What's the hardest part of this process or even for you as a custodian, what's been the hardest part? Honestly, it's people not understanding self-directed IRA rules or what's involved in self-directed IRAs, having the wrong expectations, thinking that services are provided that aren't provided. We just do so much education online and in person on our website to help. And then when people uh, call us and contact us, we send them emails and talk to them and give them so much information. But people will misunderstand things like, well, for example, if your asset has a zero value, you need to understand that upfront about self-directed investing. Now you've invested, asset value is zero. We can't just write it off. We can't just say, oh, you told us it's zero, we're going to say zero. IRS doesn't let us do that. We have to have a third-party evaluator come in and tell us. So maybe an asset sponsor, I mean, it's happened once or twice where an asset sponsor stole money. We hate that. But if that happened, you actually have to go out and have a evaluator prove that your asset is worthless. So I know it's adding insult to injury, but we can't just write it off. And that's something that people don't understand up front about self-directed IRAs. 
incredibly important to have that correct expectation. Hopefully you do your due diligence, you make great investments, and sometimes even when you do all the due diligence in the world, you can't foresee a recession or something that could cause a catastrophic event in your investment. But if the asset value is zero, we can't just, you know, it would make us a fiduciary if we valued the asset and we are not fiduciary. And with that word comes a cascade of responsibility. So that is not a mantle that we wear. We're not the fiduciary, but evaluator is, and they can give us evaluation. What's a way that you have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Always improving, right? I think my favorite improvement that we've done is to add a portal on our website so that when people are sending us documentation, it's not going through email so that you can upload uh, information through a SOC 2 compliant portal. And then we receive it on our end. And then it's treated in that way. When we send you confidential information, it'll also be encoded through the same, again, SOC 2 compliant portal so that you are getting this information in the safest way that we know how to send it to you. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Just keep swimming. (laughs) You know, I think consistency being there, you know, just it's suit up and show up. It's not difficult. Networking, that's incredibly important. That's been the groundwork for my success has been having a network of just the most amazing, amazing people. That has been it. But then you just suit up and show up every day and just keep moving forward in a positive direction. And how do you like to give back? Oh, in so many ways. I mean, giving back to the employees. We're limited by the IRS how much we can give back to our account holders to $10. So we a lot of times we'll give a free book. So there's that. But in the community, I volunteer for the Council on Aging Southern California, helping seniors. And that's something that the company benefits from, but I sure do because it's a great feeling to help uh, so many seniors that have nobody and to be able to help them is very gratifying and wonderful. Also, I serve on the board of directors for the Retirement Industry Trust Association, as you mentioned. So I give back to our industry by helping. In fact, we're having a conference coming up and I'll be leading a panel discussion on cannabis investing in IRAs, which you cannot do, okay? <laughs> but there's something called the SAFE Act and it's a banking act talking about maybe are we going to allow, as in this country, banking with cannabis deals, what's on the horizon in case this all becomes federally legal and then it's a thing. So I'll be leading a panel discussion on that. So I give back to my industry. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you. The best way to get a hold of us is send us an email, info at udirectira.com. It's a letter U, udirectira.com. So that is a very best way. Look at our website too. It's udirectira.com. So much information, so much information there for you to learn about self-directed IRAs. Thank you very much, Karen. Thank you. That was fun. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.